This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and is... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I am hot, Josh. I mean, it, it is officially summer in New York. And, you yeah. know, when we hit record on the podcast, we're turning off our air conditioners, our fans, we're closing the windows. So we are in our tiny little hot boxes of podcast recording right now. Yeah, this is this is like late June. Yeah, this is the first time I guess we've ever done potting in late June. And uh, yeah, it's 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 gotten really hot in New York already. And uh, yeah, you and I actually were able uh, for the first time in probably since probably since our UK trip, actually, in March, we had a chance to actually go to a bar because they have outdoor um, or I guess a slash restaurant or whatever. They have outdoor dining now in New York City. And so we went to the Black Horse and uh, sat outside and had a socially distanced drink. Uh, yeah. Last night, which was just great, drinker or five. Totally. Props to the Black Horse for like doing it right. Yeah, you know, our our producer Jazz was there slinging beers, but he had his big face mask on, and they were spraying everything down. And you know, we yeah, we just want to help these businesses push through and survive, so we could be back there watching Premier League matches. Just like mm-hmm. the good old days, the glory days, Josh. Speaking of risking our health, let's talk about Game Week 32. 
<laughs> it's like the health. Not much just, to talk about. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Looking at my score, it's it's a whopping ten points. These are the awkward times of the of Project Restart where we're like podcasting in the midst of a game week. So I'm sitting on yeah. a Matt Doherty clean sheet and a two pointer from both Grealish and Jimenez. You and I yep. both, though, dodged that temptation to put the armband on Raul Jimenez. I did the vice yep. on on Raul. Did you also vice him? I did. I, I moved it to him, actually. You know, they leaked out like five minutes before the deadline that he uh, was in the starting 11. I, actually, I was a little more worried about Matt Doherty. I thought he might get uh, arrested uh, because he, he has been known to when there's a, a bunch of matches. At least that was the case last season. When there were heavy matches that he would, he would sometimes get rotated out. And so... Uh, so I was kind of waiting for that, and I sort of told myself I have this kind of rule that I put in place this year, which is that whatever captain I decide on the night before is the captain that I am going to hold to. I, I just think that there's like there's if you switch at the last minute and it doesn't work out, I feel like there's like the the, the self recrimination is so bad, you know, or I'm just sort of like I just feel so mad at myself, uh, you know, for getting kind of psyched out and making a move at the last right. minute. And I would rather just, you know, it's like I I, I decided on, you know, uh, whatever it was Friday night that I was sticking with Mo Salah, that I, you know, I, I think it was very tricky to pick the right captain this game week. Um, I also thought that Jimenez looked a little worn out um, in that Bournemouth match. I don't know if it was yeah. the heat or just, you know, just getting back to, to full strength. But I, I thought he was flagging a little bit. So maybe a little worried about how he would perform uh, on Saturday. I thought he looked fine. Um, I mean, he's like an essential fantasy player. So it wasn't like he was like on the chopping block or anything. But yeah, it, it right. wasn't his best match, I, I wouldn't yeah. say. He had a couple of decent opportunities. He had that diving header on the set piece that was that was taken short that he put right at the goalkeeper. Yeah. But definitely yeah. feel for people who are embedded him because, you know, it, it felt like it could have been a good matchup. So we're both on Salah captaincies. I think the argument that Manchester City's defense might be a little soft, you know, without their Fernandinho comfort blanket having had to go the distance in an FA Cup match this weekend yeah. and Liverpool just riding high being champions. So yeah, congrats to Liverpool, by the way, for being premier league champions. That's, that's cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, hopefully there, this is just going to be a big victory lap at the Etihad for Mo and he'll bang in a few goals. Be really interesting to see what team Man City puts out there on, on Thursday too. I mean, they basically, uh, uh, played their strongest 11, I, I think, uh, today. Yeah, against Kate, you know, at least, at least, Yeah, at least with Aguero out. I mean, you know, Sterling, KDB. Riyad Mahrez has started every single match so far. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so fun. It is, it is crazy. <laughs> so I, I think that'll be interesting. And so obviously we're only two tenths of the way through um, all the matches in Game Week 32. And so we're not going to try to draw too many conclusions um, other than Watford is is truly terrible uh from from you know from this weekend's matches or game week 32 what we're going to do instead is look ahead we're going to look at game weeks 33 38 right and that's six game weeks the final six game weeks of the season we're going to go back to an old always cheating standby which is buy mm -hmm. sell hold now typically we do this with players and we're going to mix things up a little bit and this is a buy sell hold the team edition Brandon, okay? It's a limited edition <laughs> podcast right here. I'll fo focus on teams. Um, get it while it's hot. So we're going to go through all 20 teams. We're going to look at their at their, their final six picks. We're going to talk a little bit about the form they've shown through the first couple of weeks, and we're going to decide whether we want to buy, sell, or hold. And I think this is a useful uh, device for fantasy, or a useful idea for fantasy managers, because 
I, I think as we go through this, you can probably eliminate about 10 teams entirely from yeah. the transfer, you know, from, as, as transfer targets. They're, you know, just for whatever, for various reasons, either they just are not clicking um, upon restart or the fixes are terrible or I don't know, or other things that I'm sure will come up as we discuss. So we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, I did want to do a quick shout out to the Always Cheating Super League. You know, it used to be standard thing for us to read off the top 10. Uh, the mass- matches have been coming so fast and furious that we really haven't been doing it. But um, I-, I did want to give, you know, all credit to the top 10. So, Brandon, do you want to read off the top 10 of the Always Cheating Super League? Yeah, uh, the Always Cheating Super League, starting from 10th place, working our way up to first position in 10th. It's Will Smith, followed by Malte Weinerskog. And uh, Andre, there's some crazy names in the top 10 this week, <laughs> Josh. Andre Bjorkovic in eighth. Hugh Patrick Campbell in seventh place, followed by Damian Bird, Christopher Scow, uh, Demir Dietrievic in fourth place. In third, it's Predrag Jurek. And in second place, Lucas Matthew. And in first place, Ben Veer, Oli Babis. Um, current overall rank is 38 in the world. Is that right, Josh? That's right. Yep. Congrats to you, Ben. Yeah, Brendan, I am not 38. I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging around. I'm, I'm in the top 100 K and that's, that's always a fun place to be. My, uh, my, my clever punt to go with Ben Foster over Nick Pope, uh, now feels like a, uh, colossal blunder and yeah. I'm going to be. Uh, I actually may make a goalkeeper transfer. That is how, like, that's how little I want to have Ben Foster in my team. Well, it, okay, so let's talk about this a little bit more. I think this is one of the big things that we have to grapple with in this whole weird nine-game stretch is mm-hmm. what do you believe? Like, what are you meant to learn from various performances? Because after the Game Week 30 performance, we're like, Burnley has no subs. Burnley's defense looks very bad from what we would uh, expect from them. Nick Pope looks mm-hmm. immobile. So right. we go from Nick Pope being the stock goalkeeper to, oh, my God, we're very worried about Burnley. Let's all pile on Ben Foster. Suddenly, yep. a week later, the narrative is totally flipped. I mean, I'm not saying like suddenly Nick Pope is the most mobile goalkeeper you've ever seen, but he did right. manage to keep yeah. a clean sheet. So yeah. I just like, I don't know. I don't want to be too knee jerky, especially with a position like a goalkeeper where you don't want to be really, I mean, just think about the shortness yep. of this, of the stretch. You only have so many more. You've got what, seven more free transfers at your disposal. Six? I don't know. Do you really want to spend one on, on a goalkeeper? No. I mean, realistically, and I've got a free hit, too. So we're, we're talking about six, you know, whatever it is, uh, five five final fixtures uh, What I'd have to use. I uh, have to, you know, have to have to actually play Foster. Um, I think it was just that, you know, there is one team. Uh, yeah, there, there are two teams with two goalkeepers at the same price. One team is known for its defense. The other team is Watford, right? So I think that was really – I just got a little in my head. I think it was – I did get a little – I thought they played pretty well in the Leicester match. They know that match where both teams scored like in the 90th minute. Um, and they have a lot to play for and they have good fixtures. And Foster had been quite – you know, pretty decent in, in the spring. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he had nine clean sheets on the season. It wasn't like, uh, you know, it wasn't like this was a, um, just a miserable stretch for him. Right. I mean, they even kept a clean sheet yeah. at home to Liverpool and gave me 28. So, um, I think I just thought they would be, um, they'd play a little more motivated on restart. And, I mean, we're going to talk about Watford in our, you know, as we go through all these teams, but I mean, they look like the team 
least interested in staying up. It's bizarre. You know, they don't, I mean, they honestly, it's, I mean, they have Sar, Decore, and Etienne Capoue, right? Those three players are all excellent players. Like there's, there's really no denying that they're excellent players and throw Troy Deeney in there, who is, you know, one of those talismanic players where, you know, he's going to hate losing. He's certainly going to mm-hmm. hate getting relegated more than anyone else at that club. Throw yeah. on top of that, that Nigel Pearson is their newly appointed manager who has done this exact job for Leicester City before they won the title. So he's got yep. the grit for uh, that type of scrap. I, I, I'm with it's, you. I found, uh, and, yeah, and then the matchup of Southampton sort of underlines it even more where Southampton is. I mean, sure, Danny Ings is trying to push for the golden boot, but this is a team that by all accounts should be like – Fully yeah. on the beach, and they look like the Italian national team in the 2006 <laughs> World Cup. I mean, it was Watford couldn't get the ball in their own half at home. It was mm. it was insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just ridiculous. I mean, and you know, it was it was only only Southampton could score on Southampton's day, Brandon. It was an yeah. own goal uh, that gave Watford their one goal. So, and didn't you say there was not a single shot on target in that match? Yeah, it, it's always funny when a team has a goal but they still don't have a shot on target. And yeah, that's down to the <laughs> own goal from uh, was yeah. it Vestergaard or Bednarek? I think it was Bedner Bednarek from yeah. Bednarek. Yeah. So, yep. Total oddball. So that's a great preview of our buy, sell, hold of <laughs> teams. Sell. Definitely sell <laughs> yeah. Watford. Yeah. Southampton, yeah. I think, requires a separate conversation. So we will get to that. But yeah. just to finish yes. off our housekeeping, we just want to quickly mention our Patreon. If you like what you hear, if you want to say thanks and support what Josh and I do every week with Always Cheating, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Our, our weekly exclusive bonus pods are back. We're doing a second pod every week just for our patreon supporters and we're doing nine prizes in nine game weeks uh become a supporter join our patreon league and the high score each of these nine restart game weeks gets a free mug of their choice from the always cheating shop we shouted out chuck bailey who won game week 30 plus on our patreon pod so chuck bailey uh with game week 30 and paul taylor is the winner for game week 31 plus with 102 points. So Paul, congrats. Your mug of your choice will be in touch. Uh, what else do you get as a Patreon support? You get access to our Slack where we'll continue the talk of strategy up to every game week deadline. So yeah, visit patreon.com slash always for more information there. And quickly, Josh, thank our new Patreon supporters this week. The pa- thank you to our new patrons, Brandon. Uh, Pookie patron, Par Muntlin. Lord Solroth patron, we had several of them. Thank you to Molly Newman, Lewis Davey, Shane McFarlane, Mike Dorman, and John Bridgman. Brandon, we had a new Volkswagen patron this week, too, which is always, always fun. Who's the we t-shirt do, yeah? tier? too many of those. Hassan Abad, thank you to Hassan. You can have any t-shirt you want from my Always Cheating Shop. Uh, and a new producer patron, wow. Brandon. Always exciting. Wow. James Hurd. Thank you very much. H-I-R-D, Brandon, not H-E-A-R-D like John Hurd, but H-I-R-D. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, James. All right, let's take a break. We'll get back and we'll discuss buy, sell, hold for all 20 clubs. 19, actually, Brandon, because we just did Watford. All right, we're back, Brandon. Buy, sell, hold. What to do with all 20 clubs. Last time we did something like this, we went by league table, but this time we're going alphabetical. Arsenal. Brandon, buy, mm-hmm. sell, or hold? Interesting question. The the new FA Cup semifinalists, Arsenal. Aubameyang <laughs> um, getting a rest in the FA Cup this weekend sort of makes him, 
makes him appealing for whoever may have free hit him in or held on to him for this game week 32 Norwich match. But yeah. that's kind of where it ends for Arsenal for me. You look at their fixtures after Norwich and it's Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, Liverpool. They finish fairly strongly in game weeks 37 and 38 with Villa and Watford. But the next four matches are not great, especially when you're looking at Arsenal being in a fairly peculiar form. So I mm-hmm. think that Arsenal is a big sell after this Norwich fixture. Yeah. I, I think so too. I mean, I, you know, I, I had already divested myself of all the, uh, all my arsenal assets and I, I you know, actually that's not, that's not true. I have Gwen Doozy as, uh, as my fifth midfielder. I think he's, he's pretty much permanently locked in as the, as the third bench spot, but, um, I'm, I'm still holding strong, but I'm with one arsenal player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think I'm with you, the Aubameyang thing. I mean, we're looking at four, you know, obviously that we're recording this before the Norwich match, but going into this one, it's four blanks in a row. Uh, and these have not all been difficult fixtures. Some of them have been pretty easy. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the Southampton match in particular, it was really surprising that he didn't get anything from it. I mean, Brighton too, right? I mean, he's just, it's not quite there. He's not in this, you know, great form. Right. So we're looking at the fixtures for all 20 teams. And then you you get into that FPL discussion of, well, is it form or is it fixtures? And I think generally you and I would agree that form can overcome fixtures. So, yeah, there is there's a fixture issue here with Arsenal. But Aubameyang, who is that key fantasy asset, I think it's the first time all season he's gone four matches without scoring a single goal. So the fixtures yeah. aren't there and the form isn't there. And those are, the, you know, two red flags. And yeah, that 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 lets you know, you just got to get out of town. Uh, I think Emmy Martinez uh, on a wild card is a reasonable pick. I mean, I, I, I you know, four point three million just kept a clean sheet. Um, yeah, the fixtures aren't great, as you said, but I, I'm not really convinced that, the, that any goalkeeper is, it, you know, is a great use of your money um, at the moment. Um, I just think that we will see some clean sheets, but it's a little bit inconsistent. I mean, you know, the keeper I probably want right now most is like Rui Patricio. and you know, I don't feel super solid about anybody else either. I mean, I guess you could look at um. Um, you know, a Liverpool's keeper, but uh, that does not seem like the best use of a Liverpool, you know, slot. No. Um, no. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, you know, the cheapies, um, Eddie, you know, Nikitia and um, I don't know, like, you know, anyone sub five million on Saka. their team. I think it's worth Saka. Yeah. Uh, Martinez. They're, they're all fine. Uh, but, you know, in general, this team is kind of a stay away. And um, I, I wouldn't really want to be regularly starting anybody from from this team. Okay, so Aston Villa is up next, and uh, heading into 32, Villa have Liverpool, Manchester United, Crystal Palace, Everton, Arsenal, West Ham. These fixtures are bad. So <laughs> I, I'm i one of the – I mean, sure, Villa are fighting for survival, and it's no joke, and they're going to be pushing for yeah. results in all of these. But, you know, they've been pushing for results for a long time, and you can basically see how far they've gotten with, with that approach. Not very far. Yeah. So I, I brought Grealish in as a non-wild carder for their double in game week 30, and I'm still, I'm still with Grealish. So I'm I'm pushing to get rid of him heading into that Liverpool fixture because I think all the juice has been squeezed out of Villa at this point. And and yeah. it's like I don't even know who else to recommend on this. Like, like you can say, well, there are some cheap, you know, 
fifth defenders, fifth yeah. mids from Arsenal. But with Villa, there's just no one to recommend. I mean, when I look at Villa yeah. this weekend and I'm like, Douglas Louise was their best player, that's like a bad yeah. sign. Yeah, and like their defense has has improved for sure. Like this is like a story that that has has been like we all like it's it's true. Like they have a you know Dean Smith has, has really righted the ship a little bit defensively, but they're still conceding goals because they're just not very good, you know. And so even their defense, as cheap as they are, aren't, aren't really players that you want to have. You know, Nyland at four point three. I guess I'd still prefer uh, Martinez and Arsenal. You know, at the same price. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, just like it doesn't work. And it's kind of surprising because watching that match on Saturday, you know, there are players like Douglas Louise and even Grealish, although he's not, he has not played well out of the break. Um, McGinn at times, you're like, there's like a lot of parts here that, that are interesting. And there, there are players who, if they get relegated, you would expect to stay in the Premier League, you know, next sure. season. It's, it's um, almost like Villa should have sacked their manager months ago. It's almost like that. It's almost like there's yeah, a problem at the top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you may be right, and I, 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 you know, it may be that they just don't have the 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 guns. It's a little bit like Fulham last year; like they brought in a bunch of new people, and it's not quite clicking. And it was kind of funny because going into the season, everybody was like, "This is not like Fulham last season. This is, you know, this is completely different." Uh, it turns out, yeah, it kind of is. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like you just brought in like a bunch of new people, and a lot of them seem very talented, but there's no cohesion there. Yeah. Um, and you know, so it's like they're they're in like the four in the midfielders. It's just it's just not. Um, it doesn't click at all. You know, and so anyway, they're a sell. I think that's uh, we both agree on that. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So who's going to get Grealish in the in the next transfer window? Is he? Is he? Yeah. One would guess he would not be Spurs bound if he doesn't seem like a Jose Mourinho type of a player to me. Yeah. He he does seem be, like the sort of like yeah. vanity player that Manchester United would go in for. He'd be fun on a team like Arsenal, I think. But yeah. um Arsenal never Arsenal like often people often talk about Premier League players as being like a, like a player that Arsenal might bring in. Arsenal must never ever do that. Like they almost always go outside of the Premier League when it comes to their acquisitions um you know and i actually have a bunch of they have a bunch of system players now too so who are actually starting to come through finally you know players like like willick and um obviously you know nikiti as well but it would be fun to see them um have, you know bring him in yeah I, I feel like if he went to a place like spurs he would just become like a bench player probably right yeah, and it seems right. like a waste of his, yeah. his talents he'd get the troy parrot treatment all right who's next <laughs> yeah all right next is bournemouth and i mean bad fixtures Kind of across the board. They're almost all bad to end the season. Man United, Spurs, Leicester, Man City, uh, Southampton at home. I guess that one's okay. Um, although you'd have to favor Southampton in that one too. And then away to Everton to end the season. They look terrible out of the break. Yeah. They um, Ryan Fraser has decided to quit on the team, uh, <laughs> which is not a an exaggeration. He is literally just mm-hmm. he's like no i'm good i'm I'm done sorry my mm-hmm. contract's run out and uh i'm, I'm not gonna play mm-hmm. um which is pretty awful behavior right like i i realize that the professional sports are a business and you're allowed to protect your own self-interest but it doesn't reflect very well on him i don't think that he would yeah you know, especially it, mm-hmm. they're mid-table sure you know mm-hmm. but they're relegation bound I agree. It really looks bad for Ryan Frazier. However, I'm willing to concede that we don't know really any of the story. I mean, there could be some bad actors on Bournemouth's end, like on the the front office side that, that, you know, maybe if we knew the full story, we would fully support what Ryan Frazier is. The fact is we don't know. So 
Um, I don't want to be too, too harsh on the, on the guy, but beyond all that, they, yeah, these guys are relegation bound and, you know, where, where I was big upping Ramsdale, uh, to, to open up this restart, I was like, Oh, Ramsdale compared to Tim Kroll, he's got more points on the season and more saves. And you think of Kroll as a, is a save machine and you're overlooking Mm -hmm. who might be the best 4.5 GK available at the moment. And, um, boy, I wish I could get in my, uh, my time machine, Josh, and take that, take that back because (laughs) Ramsdale doesn't seem like an awesome pick to be now, just given what we've all said. And, you know, Nathan Ake has kind of been the only defensive fantasy asset beyond that where any, that's been of any value the last few seasons. And, um, it's it's just not there, and and the truth we haven't even mentioned the truth. That's kind of how distant yeah. we are from the cherries. It would be great to to see them stay up. I mean, uh, it's you hope the magic isn't totally gone because you know for the last few years they have been. I guess it's it's now five seasons that they've run at the Premier League, and they've always been one of the most entertaining teams. Um, they've just always been a, you know a blast to watch, and th- this season it's it's really. Um, it has not been fun. And, uh, you know, I think that they need they need to quit buying players that Liverpool is desperate to get rid of. I think in general, like Liverpool just won the title because of their brilliant talent acquisition. So if they're giving you their players for nothing, like their, their cast offs, like Solanke and, um, and Jordan, uh, Ibe. Jordan, Ibe, thank you. That was the name I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, it, it probably means that you shouldn't be getting them. Like they're, <laughs> you're not going to win. You're not going to win that transfer. Liverpool is like saying to Bournemouth, like, well, oh, this milk has gone off. Taste it. And Bournemouth is like, yeah, I'll <laughs> taste it just to verify that the milk has indeed <laughs> yeah, gone off. Just, yep. It's bad. Give me the whole bottle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're obviously a sell. Um, I, I'm still, you know, just looking at the table a minute ago. I mean, they're, they're, they're not i mean it's not impossible that they would stay up i mean they're they're in a three-way tie right now 17th 18th 19th um they're all in 27 points uh you have norwich in 20th they're almost certainly going to go down and then you have wofford uh just a spot above them in 16th place but they're on 28 points only one point more so it's it's really close i mean any you know in bournemouth you know play newcastle at home in a couple days so uh if they win that match they're actually they, they, they would be in 16th themselves so it is you know certainly um it's you know it's all to play for down the stretch but mm-hmm. uh you know from a fantasy perspective I, I just i don't know how you could recommend anybody on this team and um i just you know i, I sort of want them to have like a clean like a like a full restart yeah. um and uh you know come back this fall and be the bournemouth that we all you know enjoy watching the next team is interesting brighton uh they're down there at the bottom but they've collected a few very crucial results just like they, this restart couldn't have gone any better for Brighton they're like almost mm-hmm. out of the fray at this point but they've got yeah. Norwich coming up then two rather diabolical fixtures with Liverpool and City but then a strong finish with Southampton Newcastle and Burnley so Brighton I think is an interesting team to look at if you're looking at a rotatable fourth defender somebody mm-hmm. like Dunk like Lewis Dunk could be an interesting guy to have on your bench where you can bring him in for Norwich and then for the end of the season uh, I I don't think I'd recommend any of their attacking players just out of sheer inconsistency, but I think that they will yeah. likely look to tighten things up down the stretch just to make sure that they don't slip back into that relegation fray. 
Neil Mape is the one player that I would that I, I think is is interesting and worth considering. Um, I, I think he's a good. Uh, you know, actually, it was funny because he looked at the Arsenal match and then the Leicester match couldn't have gone worse, right? Where he uh, he uh, had a penalty saved and uh, got hooked at the 56 minute. So it was, it was you know really a tale of two matches for for Neil Mape. Is there anybody outside of Mape who you would consider, Brandon? I mean, is there a single player on on Brighton that you would? That you yeah, Louis, them, Louis, them move the whole team into the, a whole category. Sure, Louis Donko. I mentioned. I think he's he's a rotatable defender, but beyond that, no. I mean, you, there are there are, there are fun yeah. guys there who have who have had FPL dalliances before, like the Pascal Grosses and Aaron Moyes and Glenn Murray's. But Glenn Murray isn't really getting any minutes. Trossard, even like somebody who's kind of always been on the precipice of an FPL discussion, but they're just never crossed that precipice. So no, I, I think you just kind of stick with what, you know, if you're looking to invest in Brighton and that's in their defense. Yeah, I think that's true. And even then I, 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 in Lewis Dunk at 4.7 million, it just seems like a little too much. The one uh, caveat here is, um, they have uh, two pretty easy matches uh, to end the season. They uh, host Newcastle on their way to Burnley. Uh, pretty good chance that both those teams will be safe, and there's at least a decent chance that Brighton will be fighting to stay up um, at that point. And uh, Malpe might be somebody you would consider like kind of free hit down the stretch, or, or one of the defenders that you were talking about too. Maybe you uh, mm-hmm. maybe you take a risk on a, um, a Matt Ryan or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's like a sell with like a little hold option, right? It's like a, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how like that works in stock, but you know it's like a. Yeah, yeah, don't ask me, dude. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's kind of like for me, it's the same discussion with Burnley, the next team, but a little more um, emphatic because mm-hmm. Burnley just seemed to be of a higher caliber than Brighton this season, and you know, kind of what I was saying about Nick Pope earlier in the episode. I mean, you you know his numbers kind of do speak for themselves, and Burnley have a similar stretch of fixtures as to Brighton, like fairly good with a couple of uh, bad fixtures in the middle. So you've got Sheffield United in 32, followed by West Ham. Tricky fixtures against Liverpool and Wolves finishing strong, just like Brighton with Norwich and and Brighton in that that final fixture. So if you're with Nick Pope, I think that's a definite hold. The question is, is Burnley a buy at this point? Because you, Josh, don't currently have any Brighton assets – uh, notably in your Burnley back line, are you? Yeah, yeah. Are you looking to buy based on what we what we know and these fixtures coming up? I mean, no. I you know I, I made my choice on my wild card uh, to to not have a Burnley player any players. I actually you know they kept a clean sheet in the um, in the Watford match, but I, I didn't think they looked very good in that match. And I, I thought it was it, it, they were you know if they were playing a more talented team. Um, I think they very easily could have conceded in that match. I thought Nick Pope actually had a pretty poor game, um, which is, you know, I know, I know he ended up on three bonus points at the end, but he uh, was dropping tons of balls. He did not seem like he was very commanding the box. And I, he's sort of in that, in that like Harry Kane category. I'm like, is is this like, can you play all summer in the heat like this? Is this, is this like a condition? <laughs> like, you uh-huh. know, are, like, is this like, I mean, I'm not saying he's not fit, but just, he looked like he was not, he was laboring out there. 
so, you know, I, I, I mean, my boy, Dwight McNeil, Brandon, you know, I love him, picked up an assist. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll big up Dwight McNeil all, all day long. And, uh, you know, the only problem with him is he's, he's just too expensive. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do like I do like him. He's another, like, free hit option that I would maybe consider on the stretch. Don't they, they play Norwich, right, don't they? Like, uh, yeah, in Game Week yeah, 37. Like, game week, yeah, so Brighton – okay, so if I do a free hit in Game Week 37, Brandon, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would maybe consider Brighton and Burnley – um which you know just as a quick like tangent um you have a free hit left right as as do i i do Do you have any do you have any sense of when you might use that free hit ship (laughs) do you have any like game week that you're targeting it's a question we get asked a lot but i i don't have a great Uh answer for it personally yeah we do get asked this a lot it comes up on our slack a bit and occasionally i kind of like offhandedly mention a week but with zero conviction and yeah. I think I'm just p- putting it off. I kind of don't want to think about it. The thing is, yeah. is I'm pretty happy with the team that I have right now. And I'm just kind of focused on transfer to transfer, game week to game week. And I feel like if I play the free hit going into next week, how am I going to alter my team? I'm going to alter my team by like two or three players. I mean, honestly, I'd probably yeah. alter it by four or five, but I'd still be plenty happy with the current team I have. So... The logic for me then is I'm kind of waiting for something to happen that I'm not expecting. An injury, yeah. as you've mentioned many times, like a, a lineup leak that would alter how I would plan to attack an upcoming game week. So yeah. that's how I would justify that I'm totally undecided on the free hit now is because I'm just kind of waiting for something to happen that will make me make it, make it clearer when I need to play it. Yeah, let, let someone else like let yeah let the fixtures make that decision for you down the stretch. I, I I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I don't sometimes um, I, I feel like when it comes to chips that the people really some people really feel like they have to um, decide. You know, they're like it's, it's like it makes them anxious not to know when they're going to play all of these. And I, I guess I'm I'm okay being a little more free uh, with with my use of the chip. And I, I think I can kind of like. I'm just going to sort of bide my time a little bit and decide when to use it too. And I, game week 38 is the one that I'm targeting the most. I, I think that there's a, a good chance that we'll know which teams have something to play for down the stretch. Uh, somebody, I think it was um, this uh, FPL tips on Twitter uh, was pointing out that in game week 38, you have a really interesting uh, set of matchups where Leicester and Man United play as do Wolves and Chelsea. And all four of those teams are competing for the <laughs> final two Champions League spots. Yeah. And so there is a that, – that could be amazing. And so I think there's a good chance that that the, 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 those four teams will still be competing for those two slots in that final game week. And if so, that is that would be a great thing to target from a free hit perspective because – they're going to, you, you know, that's like a guarantee. Like, you know, they're all going to play their top players because they have to, you know, in mm-hmm. order to get the champions league. And so I think that when, when I heard that earlier today, I was like, okay, that might be a reason to, to consider um, waiting until game of 38 is like, we will have a little more clarity about who actually needs to play. And yeah. you know, if a team like Arsenal is in, you know, ninth place, it doesn't matter if they win or lose, who knows who they're going to field, you know? And so you wouldn't want any of their players if you, you know, if you had any, you know, going into that match, it would just be too risky. So, um, yeah, so I, I think I think 38 is where I'm leaning right now. Yeah, particularly in Arsenal going up against Watford, who who would need a result. So, yeah, that was a good good free hit discussion, Josh. Very well played. All right, let's let's <laughs> let's you. move on. Let's move on to a team <laughs> that I find fascinating because they are really building ahead of steam here. It's Chelsea. Yeah. 
you know, they have a victory in the FA Cup this weekend, an amazing result against Manchester City to hand Liverpool yep. the title. And the fixtures are mm-hmm. looking pretty good. So let's look at Chelsea's fixtures. In 32, they've got yep. Watford, followed by Palace, Sheffield United, Norwich, Liverpool, and Wolves. So the last two weeks, um, a little dicey, particularly for the assets that I think will be interesting to talk about. We have a question here from our supporter, Phil Alexander. Philip Alexander. Sorry about that, Philip. Chelsea defense, who's your top pick there? Would they be preferred to a Liverpool defensive double up in addition to TAA? So two Chelsea defenders stick out to me. It's Marcus Alonso. Of course, everyone loves him. And mm-hmm. Aspilicueta, who has actually been um, putting up some great FPL returns since the restart. So if you're looking at these fixtures, Josh, is there any temptation to buy in to – yeah, what could be yeah. considered kind of a luxury defender? So let's see, Asp is five point nine million, and Alonso yeah. is point three more expensive at six point two. Do you have enough faith in Chelsea to go this route? Yeah, I, I do wish there was a slightly cheaper way in for sure. I, I mean, I guess you, yeah. Who and who are the center backs right now? Who, are, who I guess Christensen has. Well, I yeah, know he's, Ru- he's Rudiger and Christensen yeah, for sure. Shoot, who was the really cheap guy who was hot for a while um tamori yeah tamori yeah tamori's tamori's on the outs uh he's got a muscle injury right now uh christensen's flagged as well so i mean i i guess yeah i mean if i was going to go for a chelsea defender i would just i would just spend the extra money and get one of aspie and alonso uh both of them were rested today um in their fa cup match with lester alonso did come on i think at halftime or something he's like he's like too good to not play it's like it's like kdb like you just can't yeah, not play these guys. Just you know, adds just a, adds that in. level of spice to the lineup when mm-hmm. Alonso is yeah. there on the field. Yeah, I think I think at five point nine, um, I think as Plaquetta, I mean, I don't know if Alonso offers that much more. I also think Alonso probably has a little more rotation risk. Yeah, um, I, I I would consider it. Um, I you know possibly someone like Aurier to um, to to as Plaquetta at some point. I mean. You know, comparing them to Liverpool defense, they're like a million cheaper. So it it is a pretty significant cost savings. And yeah. I guess I'm not like I, I mean I mean I guess the short answer is like I think it's fine. I'm not really thinking about it though, to be honest. It's not something that I'm uh, uh, I, I'm not trying to uh, position myself to get a Chelsea defender. I mean, th- another question from KJ says is, is Pulisic worth the risk? Um, you know, assuming his his knock today isn't serious, and Pulisic is looks awesome. And if he is healthy and, you know, ready to play at the weekend, he is absolutely something that I would be targeting. He, he just went up from 6.9 to 7 million. So 7 million player, 6% ownership. He sort of hits that sweet spot of, you know, he's, 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 you know, he, he's not highly owned and he's in great form and he's American. And, uh, and that's always <laughs> okay, fun. Homer. That's always fun too. <laughs> well, come on. I mean, he's playing on the, like the 4th of July branded at home to Watford. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like fun. If you don't want Christian Pulisic on the 4th of July at home to Watford, oh, yes. why, are we even, why are we even playing? Why are we even playing fantasy? Brandon? What's the, what's the point? In, it's gotta be insert fun. Captain America meme. For sure. Totally, totally. Just, just a, a, a quick point of correction. It was actually Aspilicueta who was subbed in around halftime and not Alonso. So Alonso fully Oh, did rested. I say Alonso? Yeah. But you, I you, actually I, meant I, – I, I meant Aspilicueta. I you know what you're Alonso, talking yeah. about, Josh. You know. So, <laughs> sure, yeah, maybe, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm hot on Pulisic too. And I dare say 
if you ever in your FPL life were going to bring in Willian, this might actually be the time. So, I mean, he's priced at exactly the same at 7.0 as Pulisic. And I think you have to favor the more attacking option. But Willian does have that, you know, the the FPL resume of set pieces and penalties, one of which he converted against Man City. I think like if if we go back to our free hit discussion, Willian becomes an interesting free hit player. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, he's like a weird. I, I've never. I, I wonder if I've ever owned. And I'm surely I have. This is a sixth. God, is this a seventh year in the Premier League? That is remarkable, Brandon. I remember when he was signed uh, to Chelsea because he almost went to Spurs. Um, yeah, I feel like I've owned him for like less than five total weeks over his yeah. seven seasons in the Premier League. He's just always been like a a real. Um, like you know c plus fantasy asset yeah. you know very good player obviously but never never central to the team and well he's kind yeah, of like that, a yeah. light version of Mares where you know if he starts there is an opportunity for him to get points but there's never any insight as to whether or not he's going to start or not until yeah. this season where i feel like they don't have any other player like william at the moment yeah. so he gets more of the focus and more Filling assurity that, of minutes mm-hmm. filling that hazard gap a little bit or something right. he was one of those players that when we saw him in person a couple years ago uh he was much smaller than i was expecting uh he's mm-hmm. a very small man and he's got you know he's got like kind of a he's got big hair i guess <laughs> what comes down. you know he just it's like when you see him on tv you, you like you don't really get the sense but he is like a he's a tiny man He's got very um, appropriate know, proportions. The proportions are there, but yeah, when you're standing next to Ruben Loftus Cheek, he looks like he's about four foot two. Yeah, I it's guess like that I, Lord I, of I the Rings force perspective. Yeah, yeah. He's like playing the Hobbit, and <laughs> and Ruben is is playing Gandalf. Yeah. That's true. And they were both playing in that match, so yeah, you're probably right. That was probably what what did it. Um, all right, so the move is so. Uh, Chelsea are a buy for sure. Um, mm-hmm. There are multiple players that I would consider uh, a clear buy, and they're also they have something to play for with the Champions League um, spot up for up for grabs. Crystal Palace, Brandon are um, I think they're kind of in that hold category. A little, little like a little fixtures are bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're almost God. They're actually worse than I realized. They're almost uniformly bad to end the season. So maybe they're maybe they're actually. It feels unfair to call them a full on sell because I think that they could get a couple of clean sheets down the stretch. I mean, IU is so cheap that that maybe he's somebody you would think about. Um, you know, especially if you didn't need to play him every game week, you know, if he was like a kind of a first off the bench option. Right. If you're playing so, a 442, yeah. Jordan IU is I think a better option than somebody like Mason Greenwood where uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Ayu is locked into the starting 11 whereas Greenwood, you know, you don't know if you're just going to get a brief cameo. IU, there right. is a, even regardless of these fixtures. And my thing with Palace is I think I have always tried to prognosticate with Palace, but they continually just prove they are will remain Crystal Palace. Uh, they will remain very sturdy defensively, and they will get the yeah. odd goal here and there. So I don't expect a lot of surprises from them. So I, I would agree that if you happen to be invested in Palace defense, Sure, just hold them. I mean, the odds of you picking somebody better in the four point five bracket—it's—it's—it's you know, it's, it's probably not worth using one of your few remaining free transfers there. And yeah, IU is yeah. is a pretty decent role player in in an FPL conversation. 
four clean sheets in a row going into that Liverpool match. And I, I think that much like what Burnley played away to Man City, you just can't read too much into how a team performs when they play one of the best teams uh, in the league. So, yeah, I mean, someone like Ward's available for $4.3 million, you know, I, definitely worth considering. Um, all right, let's move on to Everton, Brandon. A real hold, I think. And I, this is one of the cases where I wish that we – I wish we knew the result of their of their home match with Leicester before we you know talked about them because um, I don't really know what to think about this team right now. Yeah, same. I I don't know either. Dominic Calvert Lewin was the big pick going into game week thirty, and he hasn't done anything. But no one on Everton has done anything either. So it's not like we picked the wrong Everton player. Like Richarlison was the better bet. And the thing that remains for Everton is their fixtures are quite good Spurs in 32 is probably not super appealing but after that it's Southampton Wolves well okay I maybe they're they're, they get really appealing Josh in game week 36 (laughs) when it's Villa followed by Sheffield United followed followed by Bournemouth so yeah if you so I think then it becomes more a hold than an immediate buy because we're just gonna have to grit our teeth through the next two or three fixtures with Everton when we get the real action starting in game week 36. So I have DCL. We're going to talk about Southampton after the break, but you know, for me now to try and do the hokey cokey and get Ings in, I'm just going to dance with DCL because I brought him and just kind of keep the faith that he might get a goal here or there until we get to the, those golden fixtures in 36. Yeah, uh, for me, I mean, I'm sort of thinking about like a three-move combination, which would be, I, I honestly would even consider doing it to burn four this game week, which would be uh, Doherty to Sace, uh, which would free up $1.7 million. Uh, and then I could upgrade Saar to Pulisic and Calvert-Lewin to Ings. So that would be, that would at least be something I would consider as a possible trio of moves. But, sounds um, fun. I don't know. I, I, yeah, sounds fun. I mean, Doherty, I think, is... Um, a great asset, but at six point three million, a defender who's not delivering massive attacking returns, like you have to at least that like that player should not be locked into your team. I think that you have to at least consider the possibility that you may want to get somebody cheaper, especially when someone like Sace is available for four point six million in that squad. I mean, Dory actually only has well, he's got he's got one goal in the last um thirteen game weeks. He has he has three assists in thirteen game weeks, which is pretty good, but it's not like you know, it's not incredible. It's not, you know, and I think that when Traore plays it, it, you know, hurts him a little bit as well because Traore sort of ends up in his in his space a little bit. And some of his attacking returns did come when Traore was not part of the starting 11. So I don't know. I think that there's at least a, a chance that I dropped Doherty just, just to enable uh, some, some moves in my team. We talked about this in our Patreon podcast last week, but I think it bears repeating. Like I, I'm higher on Doherty than you, and I think it's worth noting that the assist that he got in game week 30 is due to Triori coming onto the pitch and actually his movement that, yeah, sometimes crosses into Doherty's part of the pitch actually draws opponents to Triori and frees up that space for Doherty. Yeah, it's, it's 6.3 and... Yeah, all you've got is an assist and two clean sheets to show for it over the last two game weeks. I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. But well, yeah, so the yeah, argument, is, the argument is, you're you making two clean is, sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah you two clean sheets from yeah. Sice is cheaper, right? So fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean, one point seven million cheaper, you know, and so it's you know, is is one point seven million 
uh, is that savings worthwhile? I'm, I'm not saying that I'm even going to do it. I'm just saying that it's like it is definitely an option that I think we should be putting out there on the table because I think that that's a lot of, of cash. Like that that allows you like some major upgrades in multiple spots. So yeah. um, I think that's I think that's um, at least why it's it's. Who are we? What team are we talking about again? Everton? I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Everton, let's, let's get, let's, let's, yeah, I, I let's think table bef- them. Before we do move on, I think there are a handful of people who are invested in Everton defenders like Keane or Lucas Dean. Anything to say about the Everton defense? I mean, I, I, I feel like we're just kind yeah. of a reserved hold on Everton because we haven't seen them play yet against Leicester we kind of just don't still don't know anything about Everton at this point so yeah I think we can just drop the conversation here if you have if you happen to have those Everton defenders just just actually if you have Dean talk about defenders who might be overpriced for the current climate I think Dean would be chief chief among them chief among those Freudian slip uh, I mean, I have uh, Mason Holgate at uh, 4.3 million, and I'm not really sure why he's not more highly owned because he, you know, two clean sheets in his last two, uh, pretty pretty locked into that team um, as 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 the center back. He's really displaced Yuri Mina. I mean, Mina has been out with an injury, but I think even when Mina comes back, I mean, he's basically been the full time starter going back to game week 10, and uh, you know, just a very like very affordable price. He has four assists on the season and five clean sheets. Uh, and, you know, two of those five have come in the last um, in the last two game weeks. So um, I think that, you know, especially if you're wild carding, I think that Holgate is a, is a great option on a wild card. Cool. All right. Another mysterious team who is actually playing Everton shortly after this pod is Leicester. They can't score. They even <laughs> they've scored one goal since the restart from Chilwell, like a remarkable wonder goal. Jamie Vardy yeah. has played every single minute, which is, you know, starting to worry, should start to worry uh, Vardy yeah, owners. I dropped Vardy this yeah, week yeah. for Marcus Rashford. I was just kind of done having this conversation. Sure. Yeah. Uh, their fixtures are, they, they're okay. Palace followed mm-hmm. by Arsenal in 33, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Spurs, and they finish against Manchester United. So, it's not like, yeah, let's bring in these Leicester assets. It's going to be a party. I think we're in sell territory with Leicester City. I, I think so too. They have uh, midfield problems that that are just that have to get worked out. I, I I don't know how much it comes down to. I mean, I, Tielemans and Madison; those are the two players that that need to figure it out. They need to to be better uh, than they have been. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I think they're a sell. I think that I, that's like a that's a position that i would be willing to reconsider but yeah right now i'm, I'm with you there so let's do one more team brandon then let's take a quick break uh liverpool mm-hmm. a little 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 team that could uh <laughs> they uh, finally did it up yay, yay. Yeah. they're yeah. so yeah. We're, we're so happy for the little little club of liverpool beating all the odds and, and winning the title so we we had kind of a heated discussion last week on our patreon pod about upcoming rotation since they had clinched the league. Uh-huh. And I was very adamant, like, what do you, what are we resting these Liverpool assets for? They've got no other competitions. It's all about having a blast with their friends and setting records and winning golden boots and golden gloves and all of that. Yep. Klopp comes out in a press conference and he was like, yep, it's over. I'm basically going to play every player at my disposal as much as I can. There is no point in me <laughs> playing our superstars every minute. So, 
you know, take that with a grain of salt if you want. I am, you know, I'm coming around to this idea that we might we might not be able to captain Mo every single week for fear of, of rotation. It's a real concern. That said, right. dynamite fixtures over the next three weeks with <laughs> Villa, yeah. Brighton, and Burnley and Arsenal for that matter to come. And uh, it's Chelsea in 37, and they finish with Newcastle. Go back to that free hit in 38 discussion. It's the last match of the season. You may think that, you know, it, it could go one of two ways. Not having any fans and it being an away fixture makes it less likely for it to be a, it's a victory lap for our starting 11. Right. So maybe that victory lap happens against Chelsea in game week 37, which they will be playing in Anfield. Hmm. So I don't, I, right. I, but there are, there are other great options on the free hit for 38 so that could be an opportunity for you to ride these liverpool assets until 38 and just kind of dump them for yeah. fear of what kind of lineup we're gonna see i know and this is where the uh gaming th- like you really will want like you know because man city played norwich at home at gaming 38 too and it's it's another situation where you just you would love to know who's going to be starting those matches because that would be so crucial uh you know with, with transfers or, or a free hit and uh, we may get some of that information, but it's it's very uh, nerve wracking, you know, to wait until three minutes before the deadline, you know, and hope that like you know something comes out about some of these teams. So, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I you know I think that it's at the moment I'm I'm keeping Mo, I'm keeping Trent. Those are the two that I have, and I know that rotation is coming, and uh, there may be matches where they just don't get a minute. It comes um, for us all, Josh. Exactly. And there's, but there's no point in at the moment worrying about it too much. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's like, but I, it's true of all these teams really, or, you know, most of them, I mean, you know, all the teams that have players that, that are worth a premium price tag are, you know, I mean, I, I'm really, I really, it's just Liverpool and Man City. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to do? Not have KDB either. It's like, what are you going to do with all the money? Like invested in Watford players? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you have to kind of, you know, like, or like, you know, like, you know, you can look at the teams that are competing for a Champions League spot. It's like Wolves. Yeah. You should have three Wolves players. Man United, you should probably have three Man United players um, or two or three anyway. Who else? I mean, Chelsea, we're talking about Chelsea as a buy too. So, but none of those players are really that expensive. Like it's very easy to have three Wolves players and still have a Mo Salah that does not, um, those are not incompatible. So, you know, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm holding Salah for the moment and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Trent does go at some point. I mean, you know, he's talking about an expensive player. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he delivers the goods, but you know, if he's only going to start three of the last six or something, then I, I feel like I, I just need to like take the temperature of Klopp's rotation before yeah. I make any big decisions. Yeah, yeah, we really haven't seen yet how it's going to go, so we'll right. we'll, we'll yeah. hopefully know, know more in a couple of game weeks. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with the other big team, Man City, and go through the uh, the rest of the the Premier League teams from there. Hey guys, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and football matches. That includes you, the Premier League. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. And if you're looking for something other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. 
So what are you waiting for? Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That is one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, we're back. Man City. I feel like you can copy and paste the discussion we just had about Liverpool uh, in here. Lots of rotation risk, but lots of players who are so good that when they start, they will they'll be worth the amount of money that that it costs <laughs> to keep them in your squad. Yes. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's not, I mean, I, it's hard for me to buy that like KDB is only going to start two of the final seven matches for for Man City. Um, it just seems unlikely, you know. And so, I mean, yeah, I. I I mean, at some point he he'll get rested just like everybody else. But um, I, I just I don't know. I mean, it's like they're these are these are their best players, and you know I just don't see them just getting completely moved to the side. This is not what we would see in a typical season, and so yeah. you know it's only because it's compressed that that we're even thinking about this. And you were talking earlier about the assist record that probably is on KDB's mind. Like, if City has nothing in the Premier League to play for. They've, they've surely locked Champions League football and they're, you know, they're kind of prepping their fitness for this possible Champions League tournament that's going to happen. And then there's the FA Cup. But as far as just getting minutes for the Premier League, KDB will probably want to see what he can do about that assist record. And then on the other side of the spectrum, let's talk about Phil Foden. Uh, John reached out to us and said, Phil Foden is in my team as a fifth mid is it possible to play him the game after he has rested and try to target some points? Only 5.1 million could be interesting. So what are your thoughts on Phil Foden, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I think he's a possible SAR replacement. I think that, um, especially if he didn't start in the Liverpool match, which, uh, you know, takes place on Thursday, then, um, I, I think that he is a, a real viable option there. Um, it's, you know, he's, he's just so cheap that it's, it's kind of fine if he doesn't start every match. I mean, even when he comes in late, he's he's you know, he scored a goal late in the um, I guess it was the Burnley match, right? It was, it was no, no, the one before that, the um, uh, the Arsenal, Arsenal. match. Uh, mm-hmm. He scored a goal, yeah, late in that one. So, yeah, I think that I think that he's he's very tempting and somebody that I'm absolutely considering. Um, so it's kind of like a buy, a sell, and a hold with this with this you know with this team. It's a little all over the place. I think KDB and pretty locked in. I think Mares is is interesting too. Um, again. He started every single match for Man City since the since the restart, including this FA Cup match. And so, you know, if he was benched uh, at midweek, or I mean, you know, if he was benched in the Liverpool match, uh, just just to give him a little bit of a rest, then I think you could really consider him as a long term target for uh, for your team. He's not that expensive either. Eight point five million. We yeah, Foden did score against Arsenal. We forget. He, does, he scored a brace against Burnley, which is insane. But, yeah, we are in wow. gambler's fallacy territory with Mahrez now where it's like, well, he's got to be rested for Liverpool, right? Like, <laughs> like, this, is, this is crazy. This is unprecedented four matches in a row. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I think regardless, he is still an interesting prospect, If you, especially if you mm-hmm. put him side by side with Raheem Sterling. It is that – do you want Doherty or Sace? Well, the looks like the returns are going to be comparable, if not better, with Mahrez over Sterling. Mm-hmm. So buy the cheaper one. He's actually an attacking city midfielder who's not difficult to cram into a into your midfield. In the defense, I think if you were willing to, so you've got a Ben Foster situation that you're kind of itching to correct. Would you consider right. going up to six million for Ederson? So, if anybody's playing 
every single minute through the rest of the season, it's probably Ederson. And these fixtures right. are pretty awesome for City, and I could see a number of clean sheets. I don't know. I'm just not a six million goalkeeper kind of person. You know, it's just it always feels like a waste of money, and I'm the wrong person to ask. I, I think it's a viable <laughs> strategy, but I, I like I, I just like the second I did that, I would be regretting it. You know, and yeah. like if they let in a goal, I'd be like, oh, of course, this is why you don't have yeah. six million, you know, goalkeepers. And so, because um, you know, they can only get you points one way. That's that's always the issue. Is, you know, like it's fun. To, like Rui Patricio is a fun player to target, but when you can get um, a 4.6 million Wolves defender who can also get you you know, it could score a goal or get you an assist. It's just so much more tempting to, you know, to go that route. Yeah. I think honestly, I'm probably just going to have KDB for the rest of the season. And that's the only city asset. I mean, Jesus is not tempting at all. He he can't score no. right now. So no. I think yeah. that, that, that kind of wraps the discussion. I think so. So Man United, uh, a much more interesting team to consider. You know, I, my, my feelings about Martial are pretty well established at this point. I'm just, I'm just not a fan. I mean, I think he's a very good player, but I just don't, I don't like his style. You know, I just like his, uh, I don't like his body language. I don't, he's just, I'm just not a fan, you know, and I've had him a lot over the years and it's, it's never been a particularly fun experience. I know that he just scored a hat trick. And so, um, this is a very much, very much, I'm very much in hot take territory here talking about how much I don't like Martial, but that's where I am. Love, love Rashford like Fernandez, but I'm a little, I'm like a little, like, uh, like, is he, is he like a little going to be too much of like the assist to the assister kind of guy? You know, we saw this a little bit in the Norwich match too. Like, is he, is he the right player to have in their midfield? It's also kind of insane that he went 130 minutes in their FA Cup fixture and against Norwich. And toward the end, he he was looking odd. He was looking like the bad version of Pogba. Like every time he received the ball yeah. in the middle of the field, he was just skying shots into Rosie. So... Mm -hmm. Definitely watching that FA Cup match against Norwich, you're just like, what's going on with Bruno now? But I don't want to be yeah, totally poisoned yeah. by one particular performance. The problem is I, it's less Bruno. It's more that there are so many options for United to choose from. I think that United are a big buy in defense. I've brought in Harry Maguire last week. I think Aaron Juan Basaka is also great, you know, with his assist in 31 in the midfield. Mm -hmm. Bruno and I, if, if I didn't already have three Manchester United players, I'd probably be targeting Martial right now because it looks like he is yeah. just locked in to the number nine position. And Rashford, Rashford's finishing has not been anywhere close since the restart, but he looks very fit and he looks very um, positive. So right there, you've, you've just got more to choose from. And I think they're a buy in every position, like big time. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's yeah, like you said, it's almost hard to pick who you'd want. Um, they have great fixtures. They have something to play for. They're, you know, Pogba is the kind of fun option just because he um, has been out for so long. And po like motivated Pogba is wildly entertaining. I mean, everybody <laughs> loves to watch motivated Pogba. It's one of the sure. one of the one of the great moments in the league is when he actually decides he's going to care for a little while mm -hmm. and uh you know we saw it uh when ole gunner was was hired um you know a season mm -hmm. and a half ago or so and he was just beautiful it was amazing yes. you know we, so we've seen some of that from him and so you know and i i think that we're, we're getting down to it now with you know six game weeks left if you're 38 points back or 57 points back from from first place 
I'm not sure that you want to be going with the players that you, I mean, you kind of have to like, you know, take the temperature of the people above you. Some, you know, maybe the person in first place is, is a more conservative manager. And so um, you may want to be a little more of a wild card and go where someone like Pogba, just take your chances. He's annoyingly expensive. He'd be, he'd be more like, like a more, a larger recommendation if he was like 6.8 million or something, you know, at 8.3, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a pretty big outlay. Yeah. All right, so an unreserved buy on Manchester United. Uh, moving on to yep. Newcastle, bit of a weird team. They are completely yeah. safe. So in the uh, on the scale of something to play for, they don't register. Yeah. Uh, they're out of the FA Cup, so you could probably stand to see less rotation with their squad now, and just kind yeah. of look to finish the season on a positive note. I think it's just kind of looking for budget players with Newcastle. For me, it would be. Lascelles, who is a sub 4.5 defender yep. and captain, guaranteed to start. And then you've got I don't know, Isaac Hayden, who is a sub 4.5 midfielder, who gets mm-hmm. a lot of minutes. And the odd, the um, so if you if you can't afford the likes of Todd Cantwell in your team, yeah, maybe maybe mm-hmm. Hayden is your guy. I think I think Hayden. I think um, I, I'm with you on Lascelles. Yeah, they're like, uh, I mean, you know, the same X-Men who we talked about in last week's pod. I like him a lot. I think he's really fun to watch play. And the reason I didn't bring him in on my wild card was ultimately just because um, I didn't trust that there was anybody who, if he laid the ball to, would actually score, you know? And I think that was really, that was what scared me off him a little bit is it felt like anything good, he was going to have to really do it himself, you know? And, um, you know, just because Joe Linton is so bad and uh, Andy Carroll is is not reliable, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's... um. He could put in a shift still, you know, but he's just not a reliable, you know, player, even fantasy aside, you know. So, yeah, I think I think it's really about the defense because they're so cheap. And, yeah, I think it's Lascelles. I mean, I think that's why you've seen him pop up in a lot of different teams because, yeah. you know, he's the captain of the team. He's 4.3 million. Um, their defense, especially at home, is is pretty solid. And you know, down the stretch, they just, you know, West Ham, Watford, Brighton. You, know, you can see them keeping clean sheets in those matches. So, yeah, that's really all there, all is, all there is to say about Newcastle. Is there anything to say? They're like a hold, I mm-hmm. guess, right? Like not like a buy exactly. Totally, totally. Um, Norwich is uh, if if anybody had their players, they would be a sell, right? Um, <laughs> it is a fire really, sale. I, yeah, I do, I yeah. do still have Todd Cant- Cantwell was one of those players when I was on unlimited transfers going into game week thirty. I was like, well, I weirdly can't let go of the value I have built up in Todd Cantwell. On top of that, I couldn't. Uh-huh. It wasn't like. Well, I'm going to dump this guy for Isaac Hayden on Newcastle because that was those were the heady days of thinking maybe Norwich will, you know, come out here and actually try to not get relegated. My tune right. has changed a little bit. I mean, he did score, you know, a kind of a screamer against Manchester United in the cup this weekend. Some people would fault the goalkeeper's footing there, but he is he the only well Norwich goal that was kind of well placed. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So I may hold I may hold on to Cantwell, but I would not recommend if somebody else said, well, I'm going to buy him. I'd say, yeah, get rid of him. Fine. So I think they're they're a, a sell almost uniformly if you even have these players, which you probably don't. Yeah. Pookie's ownership is at twelve point five percent, which seems high, but I, it's got to be a lot of dead teams, right, that are holding on to him. I I just can't imagine his ownership being that high among among live managers. I mean, he really hasn't been a viable fantasy asset since 
game week five <laughs> you yeah. know i mean it's it's been it's been a long it's probably but last september was the last time you really wanted pookie so yeah so let's not spend too much time on norwich i mean they have a little stretch uh coming up in game week 32 or 34 but that's it's basically the season you know they would have to probably win all three of those matches uh home to brighton away to watford and home to west ham to have any chance of staying up um and you know because they're, they're six behind all the teams are competing with so um so we'll see i don't mm-hmm. know i mean the, that norwich watford match could be kind of fun um because both teams are really be definitely scrapping on that one you'd think yeah sheffield united brandon this is a sad one because um <laughs> i feel like we're saying goodbye to yeah. this team goodbye Cue to the boys to men it's yep. so hard, it's hard to say goodbye yeah they're cooked they're totally cooked and that's fine i mean Hats off to Sheffield United. They they definitely overachieved this season, and it, it'll be a oh, shame sure. for them where they kind of had a shot at European football. But for them to finish top of the table is a huge a huge achievement, and yep. I think that's all she wrote. So the Lundstroms, yep. the Egans, the Norwoods, the Baldocks. Bye. It's uh, I, I mean say good goodbye. good say goodbye. It is sell time for Sheffield United. <laughs> They just can't score. I mean, they just cannot score goals. And it's, uh, I mean, they don't have, they're, they're really, they really lack any kind of creative attacking player. I, I know Callum Robinson was, was maybe, you know, going to be that player uh, for a while. It looked like that was like, he had a couple of moments early on, but there's just nobody really, you know, I mean, John Lundstrom had a couple of moments, I guess, you know, Oliver Norwood is as fine as a central you know midfielder, but there's just no one who's, I mean, I actually think that some of their forwards are okay. Like, I think, you know, uh, McBurney actually seems like a decent player at times, but it's just not, uh, it does not flow, uh, does it? Yeah, and they're a sell as opposed to a hold just because I think it's going to get worse for them as these matches keep stacking yeah. up. So their their f- fitness totally. will probably flag, uh, which which puts them in the, the sell category. All right, so Southampton. Yep. I think these guys are an interesting team just because they're kind of on fire right now, especially Danny Ings. But, oh boy, fixtures aren't too awesome in the short term. They uh, host Manchester City in 33, 33, 4, 5. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah, in 33. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's Everton and Manchester United. So I would expect the goals to not be as as fast and loose for Danny Ings. And so, so what's the appeal of bringing Ings in now, as opposed to waiting to bring in Ings in game week 36 for Brighton? Well, you know, the only, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think um, just, just his, his form really is incredible at the moment. And I think that, 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 I mean, that, that's what's turned in my head is just, you know, it's, it's incredible, you know, how, how they just like, I don't know. It's like he, you know, was he three goals and one assist now in the last, you know, three matches? And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. Uh, Heisenhudel came out with a quote tonight. I don't know if you've seen this yet, where he said, um, Heisenhudel on Danny Ng says, we will play with him the last six games, and then he will have six chances to score. If he gets the chance, you can see how fantastic his finishing is at the moment. Mm-hmm. He seems fitter than ever. Mm-hmm. So, QACL tear he- against Manchester City. Yeah, seriously, but that is what you want to hear if you're oh, considering yeah. oh, Ings, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He, so, that, yeah. that. So the the perennial worry with Ings is he has to get rotated because he's not fit. But there is the manager saying this dude is as fit as he's ever been, and we want him to score more goals. So, yes, it's it's form over fixtures with Danny Ings. I think I would I I can buy that argument 
So I think bringing him in for City, fine, sure, whatever. It's it's not like Pookie and Calvert Lewin are doing anything at all to warrant yeah. keeping that space. I think if Calvert Lewin, uh, you know, we talked about Everton earlier and how it's hard to assess them right now, and I, I think that if Calvert Lewin does not look like he's up for it uh, in the Leicester match um, on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it takes place. I think that might be when I finally, um, I I just may go with things and just Mm -hmm. say, you know what? I don't care about the fixtures at all. I'm just going to go with the player who's playing so well, you know, and has something really to play for. Yep. Down the stretch. Yeah. I I think Danny Ings is really the only player to talk about with Southampton. I mean, JWP is just a bridge too far with, these few yeah. fixtures remaining and their defense will probably not hold up to scrutiny with these next three fixtures. So maybe we revisit the Southampton defense when we hit game week 36, because they have a decent run in with Brighton, Bournemouth and Sheffield United to finish. So um, maybe Jack Stevens gets, gets a triumphant return at the end of the season. Yeah. And you know, you talk about being, being different though, too, down the stretch and maybe, you know, if, if everyone's waiting until, the fixtures get really good for Ings. Maybe this this is your chance. You know, you bring him mm-hmm. in early and right. um, and and get those um, get those before everyone else jumps on board. All right, so Spurs and another interesting team, another one that's a little hard to assess right now. Their the defense has looked pretty solid out of the break, which is not something you can always say about Spurs. Their fixture run is quite good. I would say they don't really have a bad fixture to end the season. But I kind of still just don't really trust them. You know, I don't trust uh, what I'm seeing. I don't know. I mean, you know, what do you what do you think about Spurs? I don't trust them either because, uh, I mean, we know that these players are really good. I mean, Sun, Sun, Chief among them. But it's a classic Jose Mourinho situation where you don't know what kind of team is going to show up any any match in Players like Sun are expensive to the point where you need a little bit more assurance. So it's like a hold now, but it's not a buy until we see a little more consistency. And maybe just a little more consistency is actually seeing one or two more matches of what this restarted Spurs team look like. So, yeah, I just I agree. I haven't seen enough of them to say I need to dump. I mean, who am I? Who am I getting rid of to bring Son in? I would much rather be bringing Martial yeah. in than Son at the moment. I would probably hold Bruno instead of bringing Son in at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's just just like curiosity. I was curious, and I, I could drop Doherty for Sace and turn Sar into Martial, and uh, that would be. I, I would have just enough money to do that, and that would be kind of a tempting. Tempting move with two transfers, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Just I, I, I'm with you though. I, I'd rather have a, a, a you know even Martial or Pogba. Give me a third mm-hmm. uh, Man United player over over Sun right now too. He's just so expensive. I mean, he's ten million, and uh, and with Kane back too. I'm not I'm not convinced. You know how they're going to match and so maybe this is another team that's a little bit like Everton where let, let's see how they look in game week 32. Let's see how they look away to Sheffield United a team with a very solid defense. I mean, despite the fact that they can't score, their, their defense has been pretty <laughs> right. solid. So let's see how they look in that one, and then and then we'll reassess later. All right, Watford, I think we can just pass, right? We already talked about them at the top of the pod. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing to say. No. Sell, sell, sell. Sell, bad. And then West, West Ham, Ham, I mean, yeah. Is there anything to say about West Ham except sell, too? I mean, is, is there anything that's, like, even worth – discussing with West Ham I don't mean you know I don't mean just dismiss them completely but what is is there to talk about it's it's sad I mean David Moyes 
is not a good manager at this point in his career. And he's always just with these highly unmotivated teams and relegation scraps and these just awful portraits of a lost old man on the sidelines. It gives you (laughs) no confidence that the results are going to come for West Ham and they have looked poor since coming back. So yeah, forget this. Like we have enough buys on our list that there's just no room to consider these guys. Even though the fixtures are kind of good. Their, their forwards are all out. Uh, Snodgrass is out. I mean, I don't know how they're going to score uh, down the stretch. I, I think they're, they really uh, are in trouble, I think. And I don't know. Like, I mean, you look at like the, those bottom five teams and the ones who are fighting to, to stay up. And like, I just think I'd, I'd rather have, I'd rather be Aston Villa right now than, than, than West Ham. You know, I just don't know who's talented enough to keep them up, you know, the last few weeks. I, I don't know. It's, um, uh, like I know, like our friend Tom Kane, we, there were a lot of West Ham fans uh, who, who we're friends with, but it looks grim, man. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like what? What is the like? I mean, just look at their team. Like, <laughs> like the look one at their forwards, look okay. at the midfielders. There's Who's one good? exciting player. There's one exciting player, yeah. and it's Mikel Antonio. But he mm, is in true. that category yeah. of he's priced out of the game right now. Six point nine. Totally. There's no way to logically fit him into an FPL lineup. That is a, you know, he's a free hit player for the exact right lineup and fixture at best. But yeah, I think he's yeah. the only player when I'm looking at this team sheet that jumps out at me. I know it's uh, the fixtures are great, too. I mean, you know, some of the best in the in the Premier League down the stretch. But um, yeah, I just don't know who you'd even you know consider buying in this team. Maybe like Declan Rice as a fifth midfielder or something. Uh, and that brings us to Wolves, Brandon, who I feel like we have just by talking about other teams, we've ended up talking about Wolves a lot. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like we've talked about Wolves for like 15 minutes cumulatively yeah, well, over this podcast. It, 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 we have because Wolves may be the only team of all 20 teams where we're already settled on how we feel about them. It's pretty clear. Like they came out of the gates in game week 30 with their mm-hmm. FPL uh, sort of mandate and they delivered. Their defense looks great. Jimenez looks decent enough to continue his sort of like set and forget status. And, you know, it's, it's the same old conundrum in midfield where there's not a real standout midfielder apart from Traore, who is always a rotation risk. But that said, like we just know what wolves are and their fixtures are terrific with Arsenal, Sheffield United, Everton, Burnley, Crystal Palace, and finishing with Chelsea, which, you know, as you said, is going to be a really fun might might be a pure watch if we're on our our free hits but there's just everything to love and everything to buy with wolves right now yeah i mean i, th- I think that i think that's it i mean i think the uh the only open question is is Traore, and i guess um I, you know i think it, there's just too much rotation risk now with him that he may be a little too valuable as a as a game changing option off the bench uh, which is fine, you know. I mean, it, it, it may it may really make sense for Wolves um, to do, to use him that way, but from a fantasy perspective, I just don't want a player who every other match I'm getting thirty minutes from. You know, even even yesterday, I mean, he probably he kind of created that goal. Totally, you know, he didn't get any attacking points for it, but yeah. he was you know it was his goal. Yeah. Um, in some ways, so but you know, just it's just not enough time for a player to get the fantasy returns you need. You know, I mean, it's the camera obviously goes directly to Troyori after the match when all the players are kind of shaking hands and Troyori is like the coolest looking guy. So of course the camera is going to follow him. But my impression yeah. is always 
every player wants to come over and talk to him, be like, wow, dude, you're having the most amazing season right now. Wow. The way you <laughs> changed the game when you came on the pitch is incredible. Yeah. Like which it's team like a, are you going to play for next? It's just, it's, yeah. it's really fun to watch for sure. I mean, would you, it's so true. He's, he's like a superstar. It's crazy. Like he's like, like the camera, like loves it. You're right. Even like on the bench, like he yeah. was like putting his gloves on, like Rocky, you know, and they were just like zoomed in. <laughs> So it's big talk with Wolves right now, but I still think I'm kind of limited to just the double up with Wolves. I don't really care to have a triple up kind of for what we're saying about Wolves midfield. I'm pretty happy with a Wolves defender and Jimenez right now. And, you know, as as high as I am on Wolves, that's kind of where where I'm at. I would love uh, Jota to, to, you know, to break out of his... um, the slumps that he always starts every season with, because I would love to have a 6.3 million forward from one of the best teams in the league, but it's just uh, until his form improves, I, I just think that, uh, yes, I, I'm with you. I actually, um, I, I like a, a, a double up, a Wolves defensive double up. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe Aurier to, uh, to say at some point would be something if I needed a little extra cash, but um, I'm with you. I'm on two. I, I, I would like to have three, but it's not like a, um, I, I can't quite figure out where I would, add that player yet you know and, and with Troy area risk i just think it's a little too um a little too hard to figure out what to do there brandon that is all 20 teams we had a lightning round but uh, apologies to chancer natasha stubbs fpl wales and jamo your questions are getting erased that is the <laughs> end of the podcast here brandon uh game week 33 kicks off on the 4th of july we have matches the 4th and 5th of july yeah it's very exciting yep yeah, great time to avoid your family and watch a lot of Premier League, Brandon. Very exciting. So it's a captain conundrum in Game Week 33. We will podcast for our Patreons ahead of the deadline. But as far as what I'm thinking now with my bus team, it is going to be sweating Klopp's, what Klopp is saying in press conference to, to be like, I mean, it's a very appealing matchup, Liverpool versus Aston Villa. If we think yep. that Salah is going to start, then he will almost certainly be my captain. Otherwise, Manchester United against an appalling Bournemouth squad, you know, Rashford or Martial, I think are great armband options, uh, if, if not Liverpool. I have my bus team. I've got, uh, I have it on, Marci- or on uh, Rashford right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he is, uh, especially being rested at the weekend, I just think it's very likely that he plays in that Bournemouth match and... Bournemouth look bad. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of teams that look bad right now, but Bournemouth are one of those teams. And then United are in good form, and, and he looks good, too. I thought he looked – you know, in some ways, uh, that red card kind of – like, obviously, it's great to have it, uh, you know, and I mean, and they ended up winning the match, you know, before going to penalties. But um, in some ways, you know, it can get you a little, like, disjointed, like your, your, your play – isn't the way you would normally play, you know, when yeah. you're 11 on 10 like that. And so I'm not sure that we really saw a, a version of Manier that was, that was especially uh, attractive, you know, I mean, compared to how they looked in the, you know, the, the game metric 31 where they looked incredibly dominant. I mean, they looked awesome at home to Sheffield United and uh, you know, they kind of had those same players out there down the stretch in the FA cup match. But I think because it was 11 on 10, it just didn't look, Right. You know, it didn't like it didn't um, the pieces didn't all quite fit together um, because they were all just able to kind of waltz into the box, you know. And so it was it just was like, you know, you don't really crazy, have like yeah. a, it was kind of crazy. I don't know how they didn't score earlier. Like it was uh-huh. I don't know. That was a wild one. 
So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Salah is obviously a great option as well. I guess I would be a little worried about him starting that one, especially yeah. with that other match being on Thursday. It's a pretty fast turnaround time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's it. As far as transfers go, I'm all over the place. Um, I would consider a lot of different things. I, I want Sar out. I would love to get Pulisic in. I need to free up some money to do that, though. So that's 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 kind of where I'm where I'm at right now. It's who gets dropped. You know, Calvert Lewin is the one that I'm that I'm strongly thinking about, and I just don't know who I'd turn him into. Yeah, I don't have any huge problems like that. That I I'd said I kind of I was very very interested in Martial, but I already ha- I'm tripled up on Manchester United. So it's dominant. It's basically how does Calvert Lewin look against Leicester if he is again ineffectual then i may do the short-term ings punt that i was kind of like waffling on earlier apart from that my team is probably going to look pretty much the same as it is right now and look to actually play a 4-3-3 and put Grealish on the bench and i'd have uh, van dyke doherty mcguire and lacellus out along the back yeah uh yeah lacellus is starting in my team right now too actually uh Seems like the right the right time to do it. Home to West Ham just seems like that's a. Um, if not, if not if, now, if you, when, Josh? That's that's exactly right. Yep. So, all right. Well, that's the podcast. Thank you for listening. And you know, you can find us in all of the all of the usual places. Uh, you can go to alwayscheating.com to to find out everything. And if you want to support the podcast, get extra, access to extra podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, it's a great way to say thanks for what we do. If, if the Patreon is not where, where you're at right now, um, you can also just go to iTunes and leave us a uh, five-star review. That would be very much appreciated. It helps more people find the podcast. And a quick thank you to our Patreon supporters. Brandon, I made you do the top 10, so I will go ahead and read off the, uh, the cool. producer thank you. Bless here. you, sir. Bless you. Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin said We talked about Chris Howell a lot last night, did we, Brandon? He's, kind of, he's like our, like... Uh, he's, a, he's a favorite like topic Midwest. of conversation for me, Yeah, we, he's like our hero, yeah, <laughs> uh, in like a real-life way. Uh, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T., Big Gaffer, Babas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, Je- James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner-Lodell, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Jacobson, Blair, Blair Jacobson, I think I, I think I messed those up. Brian Chin and Blair Jacobson, Eric Keen, Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Hertzig, Kyrie Kirsting, Malang, Peter Bodictel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Given, Lindsay Rostell, Anton Markoff, FPLmerch.com, James Conroy, Brandon B., Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, and James Hurd. And uh, nice to see some new producers um, at the end there in our, our list of producer patrons. So, Brandon, good luck to you. Happy 4th of July. I wish that to you prematurely. Awesome. And, I salute you. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, once again, uh, go to alwayscheating.com if you want to find out anything else about the podcast and where to find us on social media. Okay. Poku forever. Hail cheaters. Bye. Bye.